0: Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. I'm here with Pablo Wolves Blanco at Pablo WB official on Twitter. How are you doing, Pablo?
1: Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's uh, good times for Barcelona. I'm quite excited to talk today. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Really appreciate it.
0: No problem. I mean, it is good times, right? We haven't lost in this year. We are 11 points clear of Real Madrid. And we, of course, like we're going to talk about today, this huge Manchester United Europa League tie is coming up. And, you know, it's, it's not the optimal setup for me, to be honest, with the first leg at the Camp Nou and the second leg at Old Trafford. I'd much prefer it to be reversed and to have Barca, mm. um, you know, at home in the second leg. But it is what it is. And we just got to really put away our chances against Man U uh, at the Camp Nou this Thursday. And so I just wanted to start and, uh, you know, let people hear from you and, and, and talk about the current form of Barca and how you see us performing and heading into this game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look,
0: I think everyone agrees Barcelona
1: are in a very good moment. Uh, I think I saw a stat yesterday, 15 wins out of our last 16 games is, you know, pretty incredible. I think I think we've actually won every single game in, in 2023, if you include the shootout against Betis, for example. So Barcelona are on, are on superb form. I think probably the best team in Europe on form. Um, almost a shame we're not in the Champions League anymore. I think a, people, a lot of people agree on that. But yeah, I think Xavi has found a way to get this Barcelona team that you plan in the summer playing to perfection. I think defensively the transition the team has made has been unbelievable actually when you consider that Barcelona not long ago were so weak defensively and conceded so many goals and it was such an issue. You've got Raújo, Kunde, Christensen and Valde back there has made all the difference and you know we keep a clean sheet almost every game. Midfield works so hard you know of course there's talent in there and, and in attack too but altogether, now Xavi's found this team. He's found the system and Barcelona looked like a real you know European great again in my opinion so Barcelona coming to this game against Man U, Man U, a team who are also doing very well this season, actually under Ten Hag, much better than they've been doing in previous seasons, but I think Barcelona come in as slight favourites, you know, you mentioned the the home leg being first for Barcelona, slight issue we can maybe get onto later, but Barcelona on paper are favourites for this tie and do come in in a really good moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we all see it, right? Uh, and off the top, like you mentioned, defensively, like I think it's 16 clean sheets in 21 games, seven goals allowed in 21 games. I mean, it's really absurd. And uh, like you said, had Araujo been healthy, had you know we had Ball Day at the time and not started Marcus Alonso in the Champions League, maybe we would still be there. But it is what it is. And and you know, I, I totally agree with you. And I think there's no way to dispute that Barca are on the tip-top form that they could have. Yeah, I think you know, I just worry uh because I'm a worrywart I think all of us Barca fans are right that's one of the hard parts about covering these big Europa League ties is like I don't know if you know this Pablo last year I was planning and I I went to Barcelona to watch the last two league games one uh in Madrid and one in Barca and I was hoping to see the Europa League final but of course you know yeah. Eric Garcia that big penalty in the second minute you think even further back to Bayern Anfield <laughs> Roma all the all the nightmares we don't want to talk about, and we do, yeah, we do just have a little bit of a, a worry, worrying sense, right? That like maybe we are getting um hoodwinked by the fact that we're beating up on La Liga teams, and especially in a season when you know the financial regulations have made La Liga a weaker side than the Premier League. I do worry about us, you know, just dominating La Liga, but then coming up against a Man U team who are doing really well. I think I was most scared of, of Man U like right after that Man City game when they won. Uh, with a pretty controversial offside call that wasn't called on Rashford. I'm a Man City fan, by the way, so I, I definitely <laughs> think he was. I definitely think he was off. And then you know you you go through what they've been doing though, and it hasn't been the best you know month and a half of football from them, right? They they lost to Arsenal. Uh, they they just drew yep. Leeds midweek, and then they beat Leeds um, just yesterday, actually two zero. And so I I'm I'm a little bit overconfident. I feel like I'm not like actually having that normal anxiety I'd had before these. these big games Uh, and so for you I mean how do you expect Man U to come out what do you think is going to be the the, what do you think are the players on their team that are going to be the most threatening to Barca
1: yeah I mean no you you make good points about Barcelona's Champions League exit it's frustrating but that's just the way it is I think Barca didn't line up with Kunde, did didn't line up with I think Christensen was out for a few I mean the first Bayern defeat was a pain um, and then the two inter games were just like just felt like the years passed. And I mean, at that time, I was saying, yeah, Barcelona are good now, but clearly, we, you know, we're not there yet. Coming up against Man U, and, and like you say, it's a different ball game because you're right. Barcelona have been very good in La Liga, but now the test comes in Europe. And I think that's always been the case in the last few seasons, actually. I do think Barcelona have been very good, you know, no matter what. I don't think it's just been because we're playing La Liga teams. I think we just have been that good. But Barcelona will be coming up against different sorts of forwards in La Liga to what they're going to be coming up against Manchester United on on these two Thursday night games. So, you know, for example, last night against Villarreal, there's no one in that team, for example, in attack who you think, oh, you know, they're going to cause us huge, huge problems. They're all players Barcelona should be able to deal with, and they do. And the same for Betis, even Atletico Madrid. So, you know, all those teams who are very good teams, you know, like Villarreal last night played very well, but they're not necessarily going to threaten Barcelona like Manu will. So Manu... I think aren't favourites, but I think that will suit them. I've watched an awful lot of Man U this season, and I mean, one they've been so much better under Ten Hag. I think he himself, a bit like what Chabby's done, is is performing a bit of a revolution actually at Man U. I think they're in their best moment now, in what I'd say five, six, seven years actually as a football club in terms of the direction they're yep. going. Honestly, I think even if it, even if they don't win titles or anything, just the feeling around the way the the way that the club is going or where it's going, I think is totally different to what we've seen. So. This is a real blockbuster clash for like a, a like a knockout qualification game in the Europa League. Like we're not even round of 16 yet, are we? So this is huge. Um and it's two extremely informed teams, probably top five, top ten for sure in Europe. So Manu are gonna pose bars for a different threat. I think they can play well without the ball. Lisandro Martinez has been superb, I think, for them this season. They've got Casemiro in there. I know they've got a few injuries to the likes of Ericsson but i think we know up front that in uh, to answer your question marcus rashford is the one that that we're looking at i think they've got other players around him they've played him on left they've played him centrally but he scores at least one goal every game really so if barca can keep rashford quiet i think they'll have a very very good chance of progressing
0: well the good news for us is that i, I believe Lissandra is suspended for the first leg yes which uh, should be good for barca and i think you know interesting I, I agree with you right rashford is the player i'm i'm looking out for the most Uh, And I also always, you know, I hate Casemiro, just be honest, right? This is the Barca breakdown. I don't like the guy. So I'm sure none of you do too either, but he's a a good player and he's shown a lot of quality already from A.U. So he's always a player, especially with, you know, if we deploy Kessier as a double pivot and Frankie, you know, I could see him causing them some problems in the middle because he's a a level up from the other midfielders are playing so far in La Liga. Uh, The interesting part for me is, you know, you talk about Villarreal, you talk about, you know, them lacking the, the quality that's really going to hurt us. You know, Chuck Weze has had a few big goals against Barca yeah. in the last few seasons here. But when I think about, you know, him scoring or, or, or any other, you know, Vinicius, other wingers in La Liga going crazy, you know, the thing that I always always clicks with me is that a lot of those fears come from a, a backline of, of Jordi Alba, right, defending on that wing. It comes from uh, Lenglet and PK in center, Sergio Roberto in the backline, Busquets is our CDM. And really what we're seeing here is uh, – a totally new team right uh we don't have any of those players i mean Busey would be starting of course if he was healthy but he's not even there and so that's one thing that does give me some sort of uh hope is that you know we've really deconstructed all those teams that have the negative baggage from years behind and we're really putting up a new defense like you said balde christensen araho Kunde, uh frankie in that pivot spot along with kessier and so there is some hope there for me um that you know we will be able to stop rashford you know i do wonder depending on you know if he does end up on that left wing whether or not we put Araujo as the right back yeah. and then switch Koundé centrally because that is what we've done against Vinicius that's worked well um so that should be interesting I mean do you have any thoughts about how that will play out in the game yeah no it's a really good point I hadn't actually thought about it but that's definitely something to consider for Xavi I mean
1: look you're right this is a test now for Barcelona um mm-hmm. Barcelona you know previous in times in Champions League we've Every time we've gone back to it, like you were saying, every time we've gone out, we've said, well, look at the defence. Not good enough, not physical enough, not quick enough, not strong enough. Can't compete in against these sorts of top, pacey, strong, prolific European players. Now Barcelona have got a defence literally tailor-made for that. It doesn't get quicker and stronger than Kunde, Araujo, Christensen and Balde. Like, and with Testegen behind them, it really doesn't. And like you said, I mean, Busquets won't even be playing, so you've you've got physical and players and pacey players in De Jong and, Pe- and Kessie in midfield. So... Barca really should be set up for this clash now, so this is a real test of fire to see whether they can pull it off in terms of whether Rashford plays off the left or through the middle. I know that Manu prefer Rashford from the left, that's why Ten Hag has been starting while Wakehorst up front. But Weghorst has been playing quite poorly, in my opinion. And actually, mm. say Manu make a change in the game where they bring Garnacho off the left, for example, or Sancho off the left, and then move Rashford to the middle, I think instantly they play better. But it's wow. just a case of they, they want Rashford in the best spot. So if Rashford plays off the left. I could see Chavi putting out a right back. Um, I could also see Chavi just saying, hang on a minute, you know, we haven't tried this out in a few games on it, let leave it and just keep the back four as it's been. But I'm expecting Barca to go with the full strength lineup, actually, to be honest. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting conundrum that Chavi's that going to have to make a good call about.
0: And it's interesting, you talk about Webhurst and how he, he hasn't played that well. I know he just, he just thought yeah. he had his goal uh, yesterday in the Premier League, his first one for Man U, and it was called off for, I think, offside. Yeah. Um. Because I, I do feel like he's the type of profile, he's a, a huge, huge man and striker that we don't really see too much of in La Liga. And so I do think, you know, one of the interesting clashes that you get when you get, you know, La Liga Premier League, La Liga League One, you know, you get, you get the different uh, leagues competing against each other in European competitions. It's just different player profiles that aren't as popular. And so I was thinking to myself, Weghorst, even though he's not in the best of form, really pre- uh, presents a profile of a player who we haven't come across too much although you know he'd likely be up against Christian mostly and I'm Christensen. and uh, you know uh Christensen has played against a lot of big physical strikers in the yeah. league himself and so and then you know you know Araujo himself I mean yesterday against Real was just an absurd masterclass yeah. of defense on his end like uh, you couldn't want you know it, I think about this Real game I think about how like the first half was really beautiful and the second half kind of went to shambles a bit uh, and, and the only saving grace is really Araujo having that performance because you I really did want to see, you know, one of those like, kind of like Sevilla where we, you know, score two-plus goals in, in the second half kind of to give us that that good energy going into this menu game. We didn't have yeah. that, but we did have Araujo shutting everyone out, so that was exciting. Um, well, so in terms of lineup, I mean, do you expect us to see the exact same we did against Villarreal? Because the Villarreal and Sevilla lineup, they were almost exactly the same, right? Once we yeah. got injured, we put on Kessie. But the, the the one interesting thing was kind of how Javi decides to set up the double pivot versus the two, you know, other midfielders who are kind of inverted up front. Uh, and so against Real, we really saw Kessier and Frankie as that double pivot, Pedro and Gavi up front. Of course, we all know Gavi. I think that was his third goal in the last five La Liga games. He's won us three 1-0 games so far in the last, like, month, right, in La Liga. How do you expect us to line up? Do you think it'll be the exact same as uh, Villarreal, or do you expect any uh,
1: adjustments? I would go the exact same as Villarreal, and I think he will actually. Um, I think we'll see, you know, so Stegen in goal, Kunde, Raulho, Christensen and Balde. I think we'll do Kessi, De Jong, Pedri, and Gavi, and then I think we'll do Rafinha and Lewandowski up front. The reason I say that is because Barcelona's game on the weekend is Cadiz at home, and then you've got the return leg like, against Manchester United. So I just think, and then after that, I think we've got Almeria and La Liga. So I think for the next like four games now, it's almost throwing everything on Manchester United, and then for those other two La Liga games just making four or five changes. Nothing too drastic, because obviously, you know, we don't want to drop points there. That would be a disaster in itself. And I think, honestly, La Liga is probably more important for Barcelona than the Europa League this season. I must say yeah. that. So if it gets to a point in terms of prioritising, we'd probably want to go for La Liga. But I think because of the nature of the fixes we've got coming up, I think Xavi will go full strength. My only worry is, and I don't know if you noticed this a bit last night, is I just feel that sometimes in attack, we didn't look as fluid or as, like, engaging Or as dynamic as we have done in the past with that with that foreign midfielder. You kind of got Rafinha there on the right who we kind of give the ball to and say, right, make something happen. And then other than that, I feel sometimes we look a bit stiff with Lewandowski. We know he's not the paciest player. And I think maybe playing Manchester United, you know, they're gonna be set up well. They're not gonna give us that many spaces, I don't think. So that almost poses a different question to Barcelona in terms of, well, are you actually going to create enough with the four-man midfield? So you've got Fati on the bench who Chabi might think he can bring in. Of course, got Jordi Alba there too, who, you know, we know provides a lot attackingly uh, from left back. So there are some calls to make, but naturally I'd expect Chabi to, to go with the the same lineup that we saw against Villarreal.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's interesting what you discussed because there there definitely was In the second half, it was almost like we were trying to move too quick at times. There's really been a yo-yo for me with this Barca team. And, like, you know, we we were kind of swinging from one extreme to the other. Like, I think early in January, right, you saw us go up 1-0. And then the team would play extremely conservatively. We would, like, try and win the game by control, which is really just, in my opinion, to mean win the game by doing the opposite of what got you the the initial goal, yeah. right? It's like you, you play to score, and then all of a sudden you score, and then you decide, like, okay, let's just try out a hole in the ball more, which opens you up to a lot of counterattacks. Yesterday, I felt it was kind of on the other end of the pendulum where we went up 1-0, and, like, we had been so... The team had been so hyped up by how uh, smooth the connection between the and Pedro yeah. was that they tried to, like, recreate that magic, but just rush things, and um, it just it didn't work, right? And and I, I think what's going to really be the key... Uh, and it, it kind of goes to what you're talking about with Jordi Alba is, you know, if we do start Balde, he's really going to have to have an uh, an increased um, offensive mind, right? And I think over the last yeah. two months, we have seen his offensive profile increase with his dribbles and his crosses. But, you know, one thing I noticed is with Kessier uh, in that left part of the double pivot, that really gave Balde more freedom to move up. But it didn't seem like we were able to create as much. I, I think, you know, Gavi and Balde didn't provide as much of a unit as we saw, you know, like Jordi Alba. Uh, provide the other day against Sevilla. Yeah. And so, you know, we have, a, we have a squad of young players, right? It kind of goes back to my earlier point about how we've switched out that uh, that old block of Manglet, Piquet, Alba, Busquets, etc. And so we have a, a lot of young players. And something I mentioned yesterday at the, after the Real game was, you know, Lewandowski is undoubtedly, I think, the leader of this team along with Ter Sagan. And yeah. uh, tomorrow, what's really going to be important for us is for him to lead by, like, actually finishing his opportunities, right? That is the the main thing that I'm worried about, is that Lewandowski was not very clinical against uh, Villarreal or against Sevilla. And, you know, I actually haven't seen him be very clinical after he got that uh, interrupted portion of play with that red card in the three games he was suspended. And so I, that's what we really need, right? Because you look back to the Bayern Munich game, the first game in the Champions League in Munich uh, last season, and, you know, Lewandowski, whether it was the nerves, whether it was his first... Big game against Barca, coming back to his old home, didn't put a goal in the back of the net. Pedri also missed an opportunity in that game. And so I'm hoping to see him level up and actually finish how we know he can, right? Because he's got a great record. He's leading the Pachucci race in La Liga. Yeah. Um, and if it's not going to be Lewandowski, right? Rafinha himself hasn't been able to score that much. And so can we really rely on Pedri to keep scoring, you know, goals? And if that just won in a game, I mean, where do you think our best opportunity to? To really put goals on the board is in this game
1: no i mean i think this is exactly it this is kind of what i meant in terms of this the 4-4-2 if you like in a way for barcelona i i, I don't see it as that optimal in attack in terms of blowing my new away like i'm expecting this tie to be settled within a goal like maybe like three mm. 2 on aggregate or two one on aggregate or like four three on aggregate and i think it's going to be nerve-wracking and tight for barcelona no matter what happens so that's why i'm a bit nervous coming into this game because like you say I can't see this current Barcelona team the way we're playing blowing Man U away. Like I'm not expecting three 0 on Thursday. I'm really not. So I think for for Barca, yeah, of course they need Lewandowski to fire again. I think you're right. He, he hasn't been as clinical or as deadly as we've seen in the I mean, the first moments of the season when he got the ball, I thought goal. Uh, it was yeah. pretty incredible. So. Like, I mean, I remember the Victoria Poulsen game in the Champions League, you know, or when he came off the bench against Cadiz away, for example, it was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a monster. And he's still been so good, of course, but like, it just hasn't been the same. We saw that last night again, like the one on one with Reina in the first half, you know, if that's in September, it's just a goal. And you just, right now, I, right now, he's running through and I thought, yeah, this isn't going in. So he's got that sort of feel about him right now. Rafinha, I think we know, isn't always going to be the biggest source of goals, but I think he can be. He's more of a creator, I'd say, or someone who doesn't always have to get, you know, output. but contributes a lot to the team and then of course you've got the midfielders like you said like maybe it was just in the case of again another one nil with Pedri, but that's going to make this a really really nerve-wracking tie so i think for barcelona they don't come into the game full and full and full of goals and i think man you will know that and that's going to make it very tight
0: so how do you think we square the circle here because you know one of the interesting things that you bring up right is just this idea yeah. that like the 4-4-2 um, or however you want to arrange that, yeah. you know, for the lineup we're running. But like, however you want to arrange it, you know, it's not nece- it, it, It's it's a little bit paradoxical in a way, in my opinion. Because like, certainly, I think we would all agree, right? Frankie De Jong, this is the best we've seen him play under Xavi, even under Komen. Uh, You think about Balde, same with him. You think about Pedri and Gavi. You know, they're at nearly their best performances I've seen. You think of our backline; it's so it's so elite, and so we have you know, Javi, for the first time, really showing the ability of, uh, of his tactics to unlock the best uh, potential of all of our players, which is really good. But we're still missing that last key. Do you think, is it in your opinion that it's just Dembele? Because like, I think that's a valid point. I'm a huge Dembele fan. And I really do yeah. think him up front compared to Rafinha is a huge change. Or do you think long term, this four-man midfield just won't be the optimal play style?
1: Yeah, I I think long term it it's probably going to be 4-3-3 for me i i actually do think that i i think this is working very well for barcelona they've got to adapt you know Fati and and Ferran torres who are, are kind of natural left wingers if you like aren't performing so it makes sense when you've got Rafinha and dembele who are the two best performing wingers they're both right wingers to put all of the emphasis on that so i think barcelona are going to stick with it for a while i think we'll probably use it you know even once dembele comes back um and even into next season as well, for example, in some moments. I think it's a really valid formation for Barca to use, especially when we've got so many, you know, talented midfielders who are so good at you know controlling the the game and manipulating the ball. So I definitely think it's going to be something Barca's going to keep using on the Chavi. Um and of course I think Dembele is a big miss. I think everyone knows that. You know, he would scare the life out of Luke Shaw on Thursday. You know, he would go right past him. So of course we know it's a big miss, but I gotta say, I've been impressed with the way Barca have dealt with it. I was more worried before than I am now, for example, yeah. because I think Rafinha's has come in and actually done a really good job and I rate him very highly, so I think Barca are okay for now, but of course we know Dembele is a big miss and Busquets will be a big miss too and, you know, man, you know that they've, they're missing a few players themselves, you know, like you say Lisandro Martinez being injured is, is huge and I think Barca should make the most of it, I think Lewandowski has to make the most of it because he, he can bully any of their other centre-backs, I know that for a fact um, no, no Ericsson in a midfield is also big, but they've got some other players there and, and in attack too, so yeah dembele is a big as mm. sketch, but i think for now the 442 will stay
0: yeah me too i, I do too and you know i'm not sure about long term whether or not you know mm. he's gonna he's gonna switch back to a four three three i mean we really you know and this topic's been uh beat to death here but like we really just the farin torres purchase has really put us into a weird position and then anzu he needs patience to try and get back to his yeah. best so uh and then you know the dembele rafinha left and right wing experiment went on for six months and didn't get us as yeah. you know the, the level of play we have now so that's for xavi to solve for the future but like you said no Lissandro martinez no ericsson for the first leg no busi and probably no dembele for barca for both legs so yeah. how do you see uh what are your predictions for this first leg and the uh the return leg
1: i think it's gonna be tight like i've said um
0: i don't like barca going
1: away in the second leg probably because of what we've seen in the past in europe like, it just always leaves me with the feeling that we're not going to go through But this Barcelona team... No, Pablo,
0: come on, man. No, 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 no. no. I'm getting
1: there. I'm getting there. (laughs) But this Barcelona team has been different this season. We've, like, 2023, we've been really good away from home. We've won big games I didn't think we'd win. You know, Atletico Madrid, you even look at the Super Cup games. You look at uh, Real Betis away, Villarreal away. I'm sure I'm missing another one too. So it's been really, really good so far. Um, And that makes me confident that Barca can hobble through. First leg, I'd go maybe, like, 2-1 Barcelona. And then second leg, maybe one-all, and Barca would go through then three to an aggregate. That sort of game I can see happening. What that would mean is, like I say, very nerve-wracking. You know, I think if it's one-all, second leg, and Barca defending crosses into the box to Weghorst for 10 minutes, you know, it's going to be it's going be very nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's, the na- that, that's the nature of this game. It's going to be a tough tie. And a second leg at Old Trafford in Europe, you know, that's going to be difficult. Barca are going to have to manage that. And they've proved so far, like I say, that, that they can do that. But now it's a real test.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's scary to me, and you know, like I said, we're at the infancy. Hopefully, right? If, if things don't go a little bit bonkers here in the next six months, we're at the infancy of Xabi's time as manager, and it's the same thing for Manu with uh, Ten Hag, right? Yeah. And so you have two managers who are leading clubs uh, to return from you know a low point. Thankfully for Barca's case, it's only been like two or three years for yeah. Manu. It's yeah. been like a decade uh, yeah. ish, and, uh, not really five years, but. Um, you know, you have two managers who really want to make their stamp on their their new team and their new run. And, you know, of course, you think back to the Champions League, uh, two finals. You think back to when we played them, you know, another time. And I think it was like the round of 16. And, and this is a, a historical matchup, Barca versus Man U. And so I, I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to win the battle because we haven't seen Javi uh, really come up in these big legs uh, of European competitions and win them. Right. That's just not the honest to God truth. Now, we have seen him tremendously improve the team over the last six months, which gives me some belief that, you know, he this might be the one where he does win it and we'll see him kind of ascend in uh, as a coach into a, a higher tier. Uh, but, you know, Ten Hag, of course, he has got a great pedigree and he's looking to do the same with a team that's on fire. And so I'm uh, I'm very nervous, but also excited. I think as a neutral, it's got to be a wonderful tie for you to watch. I you know, I. I really feel like it's going to be tight, like you said. I think, honestly, the first leg is going to be like a 1-0 affair for Barca. And then I think Mm. we go back to uh, Manchester. And, you know, I'm hoping we get something like a 1-1 tie and we go through uh, that way. But, you know, it should be very exciting. Um, Just, you know, just to remind you guys, this is Pablo Wolves Blanco at Pablo WB official on Twitter. Don't worry, I'll have it up here. Uh, Pablo, I want to say thank you for coming on. I'm really excited for how this match plays out, and uh, it's going to be a real a real hoot for all of us. So leave in the comments any thoughts you guys have about what we said, about predictions for the scoreline, starting lineup, what you want to see. Um, Pablo, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you for having on having me on, man. I really enjoyed the chat. Um, big game for Barça, you know, big time in our season, and uh, yeah, really appreciate it.